Our second reading comes from the book of Exodus, um, the beginning of chapter 2. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Your circumstances are not your enemy. Your fear of not knowing what to do or how to think is your enemy. Regardless of your past or present situation, an answer and solution exists when you become resourceful, regardless of your resources. It's one of those inspirational thoughts from the internet that you run across from time to time, but I thought it was good. I wanted to share it with you, and credit to John Asaraf, whoever he is, for putting it together. But a resourceful person doesn't shrug their shoulders or give up when they encounter difficulties or obstacles. They never stop looking for a solution, some way forward, some kind of strategy to turn adversity to their advantage. A resourceful person always looks for creative ways to interpret the rules of the game, searches out innovative ways of dealing with problems. As the character Miss Sloan says in the film by that name, it's about anticipating your opponent's moves, about making sure you surprise them and they don't surprise you. Resourceful people aren't necessarily powerful people. In fact, the opposite is frequently the case. If you have unlimited resources, you don't need to be resourceful. But if you're up against it... That's where resourcefulness comes into play. Resourceful people find ways of turning perceived weaknesses into an advantage. A resourceful person never gives up and says, can't be done. In Exodus 1, we saw how the Hebrew midwives, two powerless women, succeeded in frustrating the genocidal plans of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the country. Resourceful ladies. And in chapter 2, women remain the protagonists of the action. 
True, the first deed is done by a man from the tribe of Levi, but all he does is get married to a Levite woman. Then he disappears from the scene. Send the women who take over. The Levite woman becomes pregnant. Okay, she must have had the man's help for that. Then she gives birth to a son. Probably not so much help from the man for that. But then, with or without her husband's knowledge and consent, she's the one who takes it upon herself to conceal the baby for three months. She hid him as you would store a hidden treasure because she saw what a good boy he was. And then after three months, when it becomes impossible to conceal the child any longer, she devises a plan for preserving her baby's life. Coats a papyrus basket in pitch, places the baby in the basket and places the basket among the reeds by the River Nile. People debate whether this was an act of faith or desperation. Perhaps a bit of both. But her resourcefulness is shown by the way in which she complies with the letter of the law, which says that every baby Israelite boy should be put into the Nile. Well, on the banks of the Nile, within the reach of the water at high tide, but in a basket that was watertight, complying with the letter of the law perhaps, but certainly not its spirit. Resourceful. And intriguingly, the word used to describe the basket here is the same word that's used to describe the ark that Noah built to save himself and his family from the flood. Perhaps then this was an act born in faith rather than despair. That this basket would be the means of saving her baby just as the ark was the means of saving Noah and his family and creation all those years ago. If so, then maybe this Levite woman was another woman who hadn't forgotten the old stories about God's deliverance. Putting her trust in God. She had no way of knowing what would happen to her child. In bringing him into the world, in hiding him for three months, in making a basket to keep him safe when she left him by the river, she had done everything in her power. What happened next was up to God. But she appointed her daughter, the baby's older sister, to keep watch over the basket and the child and see what would happen. She was a resourceful woman. And God uses resourceful people. The mother's done all she can for the time being, and the next protagonist on the scene is Pharaoh's daughter. Did the mother place the child at a point on the river where she knew that Pharaoh's daughter tended to come and bathe. People discuss that as well. And we don't know. But if she did, it was a very risky strategy. After all, this is the daughter of the man who had ordered the baby's death. So when she arrives with her attendants, this child's life really hangs in the balance. And the sister's heart must have been in her mouth as she saw one of the servant girls go and fetch the basket and bring it to Pharaoh's daughter. What would happen next? And the baby was crying. You know, babies have two different kinds of crying. There's the kind of crying that makes you want to pick the child up and give it a cuddle. As the crying, there's a screaming that sets your teeth on edge. But whichever kind of crying this was, Pharaoh's daughter responded with, Compassion. 
Her heart was touched. This is one of the Hebrew children, she said. And she knew that her father had given orders that all Hebrew baby boys should die. And her immediate reaction as an obedient daughter should have been to toss the child into the river. And had the baby been discovered by an Egyptian soldier, that is undoubtedly what would have happened. But the immensely powerful emotion of compassion made the princess hesitate and overruled her actions. And at that moment, the baby sister showed herself to be every bit as resourceful as her mother, because while the princess was standing there with the basket, wondering what to do, the sister jumped up with an immediate solution, which enabled the princess to follow her heart rather than her head. Her heart was telling her this child needed looking after, but how to go about it. The sister's offer to find a wet nurse from among the Hebrew women made it very easy for the princess to do the right thing. Okay, I I can see how that would work out. Yes, if I have someone to nurse the baby, I've got three months to think about how I'm going to make this work in practice. It was easy to say, yes, okay, do that. And I'll figure out what to do with this child. So the sister's quick thinking meant that the baby was saved. That the baby's mother was able to look after him and she was able to nurse her own child for the next three years or so, actually and get paid handsomely for doing so into the bargain. And the girl had only been told to hide herself, to wait and see what would happen to the child, and report back to her mother. But she did more than she was told. She seized the initiative, saw an opportunity to do something, and she took it. And in so doing, she tilted the balance decisively in the direction of preserving her brother's life and did far more than her mother dreamed might have been possible, nursing her own child, getting paid for it, and her son being brought up as Pharaoh's own daughter, Pharaoh's own son, or Pharaoh's daughter's own son. And at this stage, remember, no one had any idea of what this boy would achieve when he grew up. But imagine that you are An Israelite child living in the land of Israel, hearing this story for the very first time. It's an exercise in in imagination. You hear of the man from the tribe of Levi who marries a Levite woman. They have a child who has an older sister. The child is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. None of these characters are named. You don't know who any of them are. It's only when the child is taken by his mother and presented to Pharaoh's daughter in the palace that Pharaoh's daughter gives him a name, Moses. Moshe, a play on the word Masha, which means to draw out or save. The princess gives the baby this name because she drew him out, rescued him from the water. Now imagine that you're hearing this story for the very first time and you don't know who anybody is or the significance of any of the characters until right at the end you hear the name Moses. Oh my word, this baby is Moses. Everybody knows who Moses is. Moses is the man who led the people of Israel to safety out of Egypt. He's the man who gave the people the Ten Commandments. He's the man who guided them to the borders of the Promised Land 40 years through the wilderness. This baby 
Moses. The book of Exodus is in many ways the story of Moses, and as Cheryl Exum astutely observes, without Moses there would be no story. But without the initiative of these women, there would be no Moses. So the sister's quick thinking saves the life of the baby who in God's purposes will be the liberator of his people from their bondage to slavery and actually gives this child the inestimable privilege and advantage of growing up in the Egyptian court right under Pharaoh's nose, as it were. Like her mother, Moses' sister proved that she was an immensely resourceful girl and God uses resourceful people sometimes in ways that far exceed their expectations. And what about Pharaoh's daughter? Well, it would be lovely to be able to preach a sermon in which I could talk about her as being resourceful as well. Three resourceful women, a good three-point sermon. But I can't find any evidence of resourcefulness on her part. Without the sister's intervention, who knows what she might have ended up doing. Her investigation of the basket is prompted by curiosity, And her response when she sees the baby inside is motivated by compassion. And unwittingly, perhaps, she sows the seeds of her own regime's destruction by bringing this child up as her own in the Egyptian court. It's easy, perhaps, to see her as a bit of a dupe, a bit slow-witted compared to the wily mother and sister of the baby, especially ends up paying the baby's own mother to nurse her own son. Yet we should be beware of dismissing her too quickly. When she held that baby in her arms by the River Nile, her heart was filled with compassion. Simple but powerful emotion. Her heart was telling her that the right thing to do was to look after this child. Her head was telling her that her father had ordered this child's death. And so she could only do what her heart told her in defiance of her father's direct orders. And true, the offer of a Hebrew wet nurse from the baby sister made it far easier for her to choose to do the right thing. But it will have taken courage. Maybe she was just a rebellion, rebellious teenage girl. Who knows? But maybe that was the first time she'd stood up to her father or acted independently, or had the courage to do what she felt deep down inside was the right thing to do, rather than just what she was told to do. She may not have been as resourceful as the other women in the story, but she was quite heroic, really. Whereas the baby's mother could conceivably justify her actions to others by saying that she, she, she'd obeyed Pharaoh's edict by placing her child at the water's edge of the River Nile, there was no way that Pharaoh's daughter could tell herself or anybody else that she was acting in accordance with her father's wishes. For her, it was a straightforward act of complete disobedience and one which could have been immensely costly to her. But she did the right thing. So between them, these three women ensure the baby's survival and in so doing, change the course of Egyptian history and fulfil God's purposes for his people. Pharaoh's daughter acting out of compassion. The baby's mother from maternal instinct at the sight of a good baby boy who was born to her. And the baby's sister out of quick-witted readiness to take a risk and seize a good opportunity when it came her way. You know, in this passage, God doesn't get a mention. 
but he's clearly at work through these women to fulfil his purposes. Compassion and resourcefulness together are an immensely powerful combination. Because compassion sees the need and identifies with it. And resourcefulness finds a way of doing something about it. God calls us to be a resourceful and a compassionate people. Sometimes people have both gifts together. Usually we have one or the other. Compassion drives us to pray. But if we can work together with resourceful people, we can make a real difference in God's world. And that's our task, that's our calling as the body of Christ, together to be compassionate and resourceful people in God's service. And it's not easy. Can be costly, can be dangerous. All of these women in their own way took risks. The risk of hiding the baby. The risk of leaving the baby in a basket by the Nile. The risk of standing up and daring to address Pharaoh's daughter. The risk of taking a child home in defiance of her father's wishes. You know, fear of the consequences could have stopped any one of them from doing what they did. Fear is often such a powerful deterrent to doing what is right, especially when you can't see what the consequences of your action might be. There will be times when God prompts you to do something. And the biggest barrier to doing it is fear. Don't let that stop you. Let God use your compassion. Let God use your resourcefulness. Listen for the, listen for the prompting of his spirit in your heart and let him use you to fulfil his good purposes. Let's pray. Lord, we think of the child's mother planning for months what to do with her baby. Finding the right course of action. Help us as we face difficult decisions to see what we should do. We think of the child's sister seizing an opportunity at the spur of the moment. It was then or never and she stood up and spoke Lord, as unforeseen situations cross our path, give us the ability to respond quickly and well and rightly. And Pharaoh's daughter not acting in fear of her father, but doing the right thing. Help us to do what you want, not what other people expect us to do. Fill us with your compassion. Equip us with your resources. 
and through us may your kingdom come. Your will be done. We ask in Jesus' name.